Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Southern Scrap Nation's podcast. Your host, as always, Daniel Jonas, here Tuesday, September, or no, August 31st, 2021, um, Charlotte, North Carolina, as always, here for your weekly breakdown of the fights that happened this past weekend. Uh, I'll go into a little bit of those, and then I'm going to be breaking down and predicting the fights for this coming weekend. Um, as well as whatever's going on in the news, it'll be my yeah, it'll be my weekly podcast. I probably won't put another one on this week. Usually do two for p- pay per views, and since this one's just uh, fight night and Labor Day weekend for us here in the states, I'll give you just one, and then us Americans can go and enjoy our weekend. But that being said, following this weekend, we have a lull. In the action, as September 11th weekend, there's nothing going on there. And then we pick right back up September 18th um, with a main event of Anthony Smith versus Ryan Spann. And I will be competing that weekend. Toro Cup. Check it out. Durham, North Carolina. Hell yeah. September 18th. Um, anyway, so why don't we get into the fights that happened this past weekend. I hope everyone had a good chill weekend. Um... We had the Ultimate Fighter finale. We had a couple, and then we had Edson Barbosa versus Giga Jacasey, Jacasey in the main event at Featherweight. And as far as uh, fight card goes, it wasn't bad. You got a lot of upsets as far as the first fight. Gerald Marshart cashed in a nice heavy. If you bet on Gerald Marshart, which uh, I don't think any of the people that listen to this podcast did, but um, if you bet on Gerald Mershart, I think he was like a plus 5,000 underdog or something like that. Something crazy. Um, And so he made up, he made Anthony Pettis one rich man. And then in the middleweight, you had Andre Petrosic win by KO over Michael Gilmore. Both on the Ultimate Fighter, I think Michael was on the Volkanovski team. If not, they were both on the same team. And also, why did they have to wear the Ultimate Fighter shorts? Aren't they ulti- aren't they UFC fighters at this point? It kind of looked weird. Just give them UFC shorts, unless they're still fighting for a contract. And in that case, damn, that sucks. Um, Andre Petrosic wins by... TKO, KO, he gets on full mount, uses his wrestling in top position and top control. Very good wrestler. It's a mental thing, I think, honestly. He kind of just, like, amps him. So he gets, he needs to, like, chill. Not get complacent, but just reel it in. Reel it in. And turn it on when you need to turn it on, and that's punching them in the face. Kind of like Khabib. Khabib's, as much as he gets, as much as I talk about, he's not relevant anymore. He's a good blueprint for any wrestler who's got that. They wonder where to put the tenacity. In wrestling, it's all about tenacity, pushing the pace, putting people on their back foot, putting them down on their butt, pinning them, uh, racking points up on them, but keeping constant control. And that requires a immense amount of, and in a very short period of time, right? It's like six-minute matches. You have three minutes, break, three minutes. I think I have that but anyway, it's very short. It's a very short period of time for like explosive movements. So it requires like a lot of 
putting the other person on the back so it makes it easier on your gas tank to be able to put your weight on them. That's why Khabib's really good. It's because he can put someone on their back foot without expending a lot of energy, explodes, gets you down when he knows he can get you down, but first he moves your base around, kind of lulls you to sleep, explodes, takes you down, and then lulls you to sleep, and then when he's ready to strike, tenacity, right? Tenacity in the right moments. If you're just, like, pushing forward, you look like Derek Brunson before he went to Sanford. And we'll get to the Darren Till fight this weekend, but that, that in striking, you can't be that way because you're going to overcommit yourself. And if you overcommit yourself on a strike, you get clipped. So he's just got to, he's got to reel it in. He also said he would go down to middleweight because he used to wrestle at 174 or 72 or whatever the weight class was. Might be a good move. Who knows? Might carrying that extra weight. But I don't know. I don't know. He is pretty big already, but maybe he goes down and he can get a little bit. If it's not that big of a deal, which it shouldn't be, 174, 72, if you're cutting already that, what's an extra four pounds? All right, so then in welterweight, you had Danny Daniel Rodriguez, D-Rod, beat Kevin Lee in a decision. Called that. Um, it's a it's a mental thing. Uh, Kevin Lee went on to Instagram and addressed his loss. It was kind of it's a very you know what he's going to do. He's going to come out very hard in the first round. And if it doesn't work out, you can kind of he got three of seven takedowns. But what do you do with that? Nothing, because D Rod outscored him one hundred and thirty seven strikes to seventy four. Um, if you're a finisher of a fighter, you got to work on your finishing ability. That's about it. But also the main issue is uh, he's young. And and I'll get into the Darren Till thing. They're young, but man, they've been fighting since before Reebok. It's a long time. It's a lot of combat time. And unless they're taking breaks, which Kevin Lee took, injury breaks like he had to because he had surgery and stuff but it's not the same as taking a break because you want to just reevaluate you want to re like recoup you want to go back to the drawing board he's been trying to reinvent himself but not really he's the same fighter goes hard in the first round and then kind of wanes off even in a three-round fight so, <clears throat> I don't know if it's, uh, I'm sure it's just like a sports psychologist thing. Like, don't be afraid to go and re- like learn how to compartmentalize when you're in there, like what to do with your cardio. Maybe it's a breathing thing. Who knows? Who knows? It's only he can f- figure that out. But the path he's choosing is full of self-doubt. You can hear it. And it's kind of just yes man, like just trying to do it yourself, trying to yes man yourself out of a slump. You, sometimes you need help. But D Rod, man, killing it, and he's active, and he wants to keep fighting. You know, he he can cut down to one seventy pretty easily. I like Daniel Rodriguez a lot, and his activity makes him, me like him a lot more too. 
And he's kind of fresh into the fighting game. But he's got, you know, he's got rocks for hands, man. It's already one, two. And he went to a decision against Kevin Lee, like former title contender. It's a big deal. He knocked out Preston Parsons. He decision Mike Perry. He's on a three-fight win streak. Yeah. It's good. Good reps already. Especially high-level competition, too, at 170. I mean, it definitely doesn't get easier, but it's not bad. All right, Bantamweight, we have Ricky Tercios versus Brad. Brady Heistad. Um, Ricky went in there. Uh, unanimous decision. 201 strikes to 82. Need I say more? Brady went in for the takedowns. He got some. Got six of 11. Um, but I like Rick. The knockdown for sure won him the fight. But what I like about Ricky is he takes one to give two. So as much as Brady got six of 11 takedowns, Ricky scored two of four. Right? So he got for Brady as much as getting six of them, having another scrappy dude in front of you going, all right, and then he gets two of his own, it's kind of demoralizing. And then you get the knockdown, and then that's kind of where the other stuff can kind of snowball. That's why he's very good at just, like, racking up those strikes, getting the point percentage up, um, just controlling the action that way. Like, just living in the fight. So congrats to Ricky. Um, and then my boy Brian Battle, scary first round, but came back second round, got that rear naked choke. Um, yeah, man, close fight. Um, I mean, it, it was great to see a friend and training partner win, uh, the Ultimate Fighter. Sorry, I was just looking at the stats. I wanted to see one. Uh, it's just kind of cool. He's got one of one takedown, so he gets a hundred percent takedown in the submission attempt. Um, but yeah, once you get your back, man. He tra- the training that we got going on at Charlie Jiu Jitsu Academy. I've said this once. I've said it again. It's a very nogi wise. I mean, the rounds I had today. I'm fucking my head's. Oof, I'm on edge still. But then I'm about to hit a adrenaline dump real soon. So I'm trying to do this podcast before that all happens. But hits my central nervous system every time. Um, great rounds. And so when someone comes in, and we got the guys from High Stamp, they come in, it's a good way to see where the level of competition is. And Brian is up there. I don't know what his ranking at his school is. But he's at least a brown belt. Um, at no gi, if I was to, you know, give him a give him a thing, I mean, I give him a rank at no gi. He he's conceptually aware of ta- like submission attempts. He's he understands hand over hand con- like he understands grappling at a very high level, and then striking as well. The pace is what is different. He can put a pace on these middleweights. And so watching him go out there and just out-grapple a guy, I mean, one-of-one submissions just to get the submission, I'm like, yeah, 
The same with Joe Selecki. When I see these guys grapple and they get these advantageous positions, such as the back, I know it's over. <clears throat> and that's cool to see. It's cool to be like, oh, shit, he's got his back. Well, I know who the next ultimate fighter is. That's what he is. Congrats to Brian Battle. Congrats, congrats, congrats. I can't say it even more. Uh, hopefully see him Thursday. If not, he's resting up, enjoying the moment, and then I'll probably get back into it. So if I don't see him Thursday, congrats again. Uh, and in the main event, Giga Chikese wins by KO in the third round against Edson Barbosa. I told you. I fucking told you. I didn't realize Giga was going to take the back foot on this one. But, man, I thought it was going to pressure him. But, um, man, the leg kicks that Giga got off on Edson that Edson couldn't get off on Giga, it just shows the level. He would go in there, jab, low kick, and then skirt off to the right. And then that right leg kick and calf kick ain't there. Edson did some, did some good work, but it was all set up by Giga going to the legs. He would leg kick, and then the final situation would go, Leg kick, and instead of leg kicking, he fainted, went knee to the body, and then right hand, same side, clips him, gets him stumbling, and then pressured him. And then when you see him pressure, right hand, left hook, right hand, left hook, left high kick, right hand, left high kick, left high kick, right hand. And it's just different, different, different variety, variety and everything. But it's always coming forward to the, it's always coming around to the, and even a talented striker like Edson Barbosa was too much. And he drops him. Edson Barbosa goes for a leg. Giga trains at Kings MMA. He's been training. He knows. He's Georgian. Like I don't know if he wrestled in Georgia, but he knows grappling. He goes submission attempt. Uh, Darce, or he goes Anaconda. Wrong side he rolls to. Doesn't matter. Um, then he s- switches when Barbosa defends, goes Darce. And then my favorite part of it, he abandons all jujitsu, and he was fucking killing. He was slapping submission attempts on Edson Barbosa, the guy that I thought I second guessed last. Like I, I always went with Giga, but then there was that moment that I was like, "Oh shit!" I didn't talk about it on the podcast. Maybe Edson goes for a takedown, but anyway, Giga's the one out grappling here. He posts on Edson's head. He hits him with a right hand, left hook once again, and that's the end of it. Drops him. Ref stands in. He's seen enough. Barbosa. Um, Barbosa Bar, Barbosa argued the stoppage, but when you, it's like having someone on your back, luckily tapping isn't as dangerous as getting like your head knocked around, but if you had Andre go if you had Gordon Ryan on your back and he and it's like you're a white belt, I'm not saying that isn't Barbosa's a white belt, but let's say you have Gordon Ryan on your back and your blue belt. It's over. Purple belt even. It's a, it's kind of over. You can defend, 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 but you're just going to be in a constant state of defense. So this is one of those situations where Edson's like hurt. Physically hurt. Different than jiu-jitsu. Physically disoriented. And Giga, glory style kickboxer in kill mode. Sharp. Sharpest sword right now. Right, he pulled out the katana for this one moment. Right, his left hook or right hand left hook drops him. Anything else after that is just, you know, 
you have to explain each stab in court when you do it. So D Herb Dean was there, so he didn't give him an extra 20 stabbings and have to go. I don't know. I just, I was just in it, you know, who I am. That's why I'm Giga Chikese. So congrats to Giga for being the killer he is and stopping Edson Barboza to strikes. Yeah. Real deal. Holyfield. Give him Max Holloway. Or, oh, shit. Give him Max Holloway or give him... I don't know. Give him... Yeah, give him Max Holloway. Why not? It's a good fight. All right. So that's that was the fights this weekend. Um, we'll talk about Jake Paul versus Tyron Woodley a little bit. Uh, Jake Paul beat Tyron Woodley, split decision. Tyron just didn't throw enough strikes. Uh, Jake... And when he did... It hurt him, and then Jake, like, touched him and boxed for eight rounds, which is what boxing is, man. The more you punch him, that's how you win, right? And they got bigger gloves, so you can stun them, but they're going to get back into it. Anyway, it was whatever. Uh, They make $2 million each. Cool. Whatever. Soriano. Oh. Uh, did I do anything? No, no, okay. Um, that's her name. I will say Amanda Soriano was the best boxer on that card next to Daniel Dubois, but she's her technique was better. Um, she only got $75,000, so yeah. $100,000 for Daniel Dubois. I mean, it's not like, I mean, they're making money, but it's not like they're making that much money. They're making like pennies, or not pennies more, but they're making a couple thousand more. Oh, why did O'Malley turn down the Frankie Edgar fight? Ah, the taxes in New York. Yeah, I mean, that's not... Yeah, it's fair. I mean, uh, fuck that. Giving, I mean, going back to the paydays. If then you have to also give a bunch of taxes, like that seventy-five thousand then turns to sixty, fifty thousand. It's like, what are we doing? What are you doing here? What's the one problem RDS or JDS is having on heavyweights with enough courage are hard to find to box? There's just not enough big people in the world that are boxing and not doing another professional sport. Ooh. Russian on Russian violence. Usman Nurmagomedov versus... Never mind. Gets... Whoa, whoa. Never mind, never mind. Oh, well, Patrick Pitello. Never mind, yeah. Never mind. Such a bad... It was so badly worded on the... Like, on the headline of the article that it made it seem like Usman was fighting Vitaly Menikov, but they're both getting different opponents. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
See, that's not the mentality that I'm talking about. Sometimes you need to stop for a second. Uh, Kevin Lee says, I won't stop until I figure this shit out. Sometimes you need to take a little fucking step back and break. Okay. Anything on MMA fighting that I haven't already covered? No, no, everything's pretty much... Magomed Ankla versus Vulcan Ozdemir. Did they, did they already fight? No, they didn't already fight. That's a cool fight. I like that fight. Cool. Wait. Yeah, for UFC. That's a good fight, especially for a pay-per-view. Amanda Nunes versus Juliana Pena, rescheduled for 269. Fun. Ben Rothwell versus Marcos Rodrigo. Hmm. Nothing else, right? Yeah, it's kind of. Ooh. MMA veteran Carl or Kyle Reyes died at 30. R.I.P. What happened? Um. Damn. Pneumonia. In surgery? Jeez. It's intense. All right. Well, R.I.P. to that guy. Rest in peace, man. Ooh. Let's find something a little bit more upbeat. Um, You know what? Um, the only thing that is worth talking about are the fights coming up this weekend. This weekend, we've got fights at the Apex again, but they're in the afternoon because they're up. Because this is a very heavy UK card, and their whole shtick here is to do an earlier fight card so that way the people in the UK can watch. So, oi, oi, oi. Um, I appreciate that. So, fights start at 1.30 p.m. this Saturday. I'm going to be... Fuck. I'm going to have to drive early to... I'm going to drive as early as I can to Wilmington to watch these fights. Because in the prelims, we got a couple of fighters that are worth keeping your eyes on. You got Charles Jordan, Air Jordan versus Julian Arosa. Both guys are, um, well, I don't know if Julian, he's, yeah, he, he just got knocked out by Cho Sung Woo, but he beat Nate Landwehr with a, in a KO, and that was impressive. And he gets knocked out by Choi Sung Woo. In the first round, so now he's trying to propel himself back against a very good striker and Charles Air Jordan, who just knocked out Marcelio Rojo, who's fighting on this card as well. Um, and his only loss was to Andre Feely. You know, close fight. 
I like Charles Jordan. He's cool. He's a cool guy. He's very good. His striking is very good and fun to watch. Following that is Jack Shore fighting Ludwig Shonlin Lan. Shonlin Lan? I don't know. Uh, it kind of seems like they're feeding this guy to Jack Shore to show off a little bit more about him. He's very, very hyped. I mean, he's good. But I don't get it. Like, he's very technically good, but I don't see where the X factor is. Like, I see he's a very good MMA fighter, but I feel like he gets... He gets to, like, Jose Aldo, where these guys have X factors at this point. Like, Jose Aldo's leg kicks and his speed and his boxing and his striking ability, his takedown defense. Like, when you're building a character for a video game, Jack Shore kind of just seems... Let's see the stats in his last fight. Like, right now, he looks very, you know, he's decision, submission. He beats you up with strikes. Damn, he fucked this guy up. Um, takes you down, submits you, beats you up with strikes. Just an overall game. But, like, maybe, like, an 89, like, a 90 when you have, like, you know, you know what I mean. Got Max Holloway, who's like a 97 or whatever. But he's <clears throat> he's got these X factors that make him real good. Jack Shore just kind of seems like he's very... I mean, fundamentally, good's not bad, but got to see something. So hopefully he shows a new wrinkle and maybe fucks this guy up too. I'm sure the odds for this fight are crazy. It's minus 470. Molly McCann versus Ji Yun Kim. This is Molly McCann's last fight, either on the card or like last fight fight. Oh, also, let me check this guy. Oh, he was on the Ultimate Fighter, was he? Oh, he was on the most re... Oh, yes, 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 yes. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. This guy's good. He's very... He's fundamentally good. He was on the Ultimate Fighter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, comes from... But he's older. He's 31. That's the issue. He's 31 years old. He's got a little bit of height. Forget. Oh, Armenian. That's right. So, it's a good fight. <coughs> I think this is going to show you the difference between <clears throat> the guys on the Ultimate Fighter <clears throat> and, like, prospects they pick up from <clears throat> just being 14 and 0. <laughs> you know? So, we'll see. We'll see. I like that fight, though. Even more now. Molly McCann versus G. Young Kim. Pretty sure G. Young Kim's coming off of a loss. Yeah, to Alexa Grasso. So this is your chance to maybe go out there and KO Molly McCann, who's coming off of a loss as well. And I don't know if this is her last fight, but she's on a two-fight losing streak. Um, she's tenacious, but Ji on Kim, it's going to be up to her to keep her range, use her striking, keep Molly McCann at the end of her punches, and not let her get taken down. 
Damn, this girl's got two no contests? For girls not having, like, nut shots and stuff. What the fuck did you do to not have no contests? Not, okay, well, they weren't in the UFC then. Thanks for making me look dumb. All right, so at lightweight, we've got Patty Pimlet versus, and this is the main card now. We're moving to the main card. That's at 4 p.m. Eastern. 1, per, 1 p.m. Pacific? Whatever. Uh, you have Patty Pimblett versus Lu- Luigi Vendramini. Patty Pimblett is a prospect coming out of Cage Warriors that's been set to fight in the UFC for a while now. He's in a current two-strike or two-fight win streak. Um, he's a lightweight. His last fight was a win. He lost to Stevie Ray in a grappling match. I'm going to look up his last fight real quick. Uh, 2021. Um, So he's won his last fights on the ground. And he's fighting a shorter guy than him with um, who lost... Last fight to Farasian. Very good. Oh, man. How did he lose that fight? Okay, well, he shouldn't have lost that fight. And then he KO'd Jessen Ayari. So let me go ahead and look up. I'm pretty sure I know. It's it's one of those things where it's like Patty Pimlet's young, but he's not really, really young. He's been talked about for a long time. And, um has been fighting for actually relatively a long, like longer than it feels like that this Luigi Vendramini has been fighting. He's nine and two. Fucking yoked. Um, he's got power. So if there's any dog in this, it's going to be him. Cause Patty Pimblett is coming in as a minus four, one forty favorite. It's not even that big of a difference. Not even that big of a, not even really that much of an underdog, to be honest. Um. So yeah, because he's got power. So when you get to the UFC, if you can't take your opponent down, and most guys are like, unless you've got some crazy, unless you got some crazy ground. Let's see the striking. Hmm. So he, the guy he's fighting right now is literally kind of looks like a carbon copy of the guy he's going to fight this weekend. And he's got good ground attacks. Like he'll get taken down and work off the ground and call it a day. And he's got a lot of guys that come toward, like, bring the action to him. He's kick heavy. He checks good kicks. I mean, he's he's educated and is striking. So it's not like his strike. I kind of like his fighting style, to be honest. Hell yeah. You know what? I'm super excited to watch Patty fight. He brings the action. Oh, 
Um, so Cage Warriors. He's he's very. I mean, he, he's fundamentally very good everywhere. He's he's lost, so you know he's gone over that mental hurdle of losing. He's sixteen three, and I think you know what. As much as Luigi's a good, uh, you know what? Save your underdog pick because my underdog pick is going to be bias, and let's keep it that way. So Patty Pimblet, let's keep the let's keep the train rolling because it's not crazy. So I see this if he can do it right. Either Patty just stays at distance and hits him with left high kicks, jabs, you know, all open side attacks, and then forces Luigi to go for a takedown and go for a big shot, and then Patty can shoot and then take top control and ground control in general. Then you have Modesta Bakualcasas versus Khalil Roundtree. Khalil Roundtree coming off of a decision loss to Marcin Parcino, who's, you know, on a winning streak himself. He's on a two-fight losing streak. Modestus, new fighter coming off of two losses. Kind of like Khalil Roundtree in this fight, especially if Khalil's the underdog. Yeah, Khalil's the underdog. Yeah, not a bad fight for Khalil. Especially if he's hungry for it, you know. All right, then you got Alex Morono versus David Zawada. Alex Morono coming off of that win of Cowboy Cerrone late notice. Remember, he got that call. He knocked him out in the first round. It's a great win for him. It put more eyes on David Morono. And um, David Zawada is coming off of a loss to Raz- Ramazan Imev. He's very good in his own right. And uh, 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 and submitted, that's right, he submitted Abubakar Nurmagomedov, which is big. He submitted Nurmagomedov. He's from Germany. He's 31. He's in shape. I think Alex Moreno's been submitted before. So that would probably be his best path to victory. No, he has not been, actually. Yeah, never mind. I'll have fun with that. Oh, yeah, he's at the Gracie Baja, the Woodlands. That's right. With Ricky Tercios. It would make sense if... But, yeah, Alex Moreno's the favorite. <gasps> no. All right, and then in the co-main event, we got Tom Aspinall versus Sergey Spivak. I love this fight. Tom Aspinall was slated to fight someone else, but he got Sergey to replacement. Sergey's a very heavy wrestler especially in the heavyweight division. The reason why I like that is because Tom Aspinall, Tom Aspinall has been wanting to show his jiu-jitsu a little bit more. And it's not that Sergey is going to take him down, he's going to concede the takedown. It's just more, it allows Tom's arm, his hands to open up, like uppercuts, jabs, and then he can start like faking and fainting and then can set up his submissions, his takedown defense, and then just... Forcing Sergey to 
shoot stuff to take down or just move off angle. And I think this is a good fight for Tom and to also showcase a little bit more of his skills, even though his best performance so far is, I mean, obviously the Andre Arlovsky getting a win over a former champion, but his KO of Jake Collier. Oof. I mean, he faked, he faked a takedown, came up with a knee and then jab cross to the straight down the middle. Some good stuff. So definitely Tom Aspinall. The guy's awesome. It's fun to listen to. He's got good head on his shoulders. He's trains with a great camp. He's been fighting. At, you know, he's... Fuck, man. He was Tyson Fury's sparring partner for a little bit. Anyway. And in the main event, this is where you want to take your underdog money and put it towards Darren Dill. Um... I think Darren Till is more of the dark horse of the division than Jared Cannonier. I think the fight between Darren Till versus Izzy is the fight everyone doesn't know they want yet, especially because I think Darren is the perfect yang to Izzy's yin or vice versa. I think what Darren holds in striking prowess it's like the opposite of what Izzy holds, right? Izzy's very, I use this illusion jujitsu, this genjutsu, right? He uses like feints, pulls you into different things, and is very tricky. He uses his footwork. Um, I'm going to say fainting again, just the fainting, right? <clears throat> All that kind of stuff is what makes his striking so beautiful. Darren Till is the antithesis of that. He's forward pressure, fundamental Muay Thai fighter with a twist. He's got complexity to him that people kind of underestimate. And going into this fight, I'll talk a little bit about it, but Darren Till, for example, why I think he would be a good opponent against Israel Adesanya is he won't bait on he won't bite on those feints. He is fundamentally aware, and then he would also be throwing feints of his own. Perfect example is that Stephen Wonderboy Thompson fight. I mean, you're talking about game of inches. The way he had a striking battle with Rob, and Rob even fainted takedowns. And oh, hold on, let's go back to Darren's last fight against Rob. He got two of thirteen takedowns. Rob shot 13 times on Darren Till. And Rob isn't a bad fucking wrestler. He's a very good wrestler. And he's a very good MMA wrestler. I think that in itself, Darren Till, and he went, I mean, the only thing that's ever plagued Darren is what plagued Tyron Woodley this weekend. He's a fighter that is known for never throwing enough. Every fight you see with him, at the end of it, you go, if only he threw a little bit more. And that's been his problem. And just like Kevin Lee, it's his problem and having the I'm going to do it myself mindset works until it doesn't work. And since 2015... Till now, the I'll do it myself, fuck the haters, it's not working. 
So I don't know if it means that you get with a sports psychologist or what, or maybe take a break, which I think he already he's had a break. His first fight since last year. I think he was injured. So once he had like a come to God moment or something, and his mentality changed, and he needs to start putting it on. He needs to mimic his fight against Kelvin Gastelum. Fight where Kelvin outstruck him, but Darren Till kept when the fight is so close, then octagon control is dictated. And that's what Darren did. Great footwork, moved around, engaged in the clinch, denied the takedowns, and give one back if you know they get one. Kelvin tried four, got one. Darren tried two, got one. Those trips, his Muay Thai trips are gonna are essential in this matchup against Derek Brunson. Um, and just being confident. Like he went the five rounds, out like struck Rob in a way that only happened when he fought Izzy and you know, he dropped him, he cut him open bad in the end of the round. I mean, and they went back and forth, and then Rob had his moments. So being confident in that and kind of opening up against Derek Brunson is going to be his... He's got to have the mindset against that he had against Kelvin. He's got heavy hands, so when he throws big, close the distance, and get shots off in the clinch. Get shots off on the inside. Elbows, knees. Deny the takedown. Hold disengage you know get your timing on the left he doesn't have to izzy him he just has to put Derek on the back foot four shots out of him force that distance that Darren's very good at judging force him to shoot from farther out or strike from farther out so he has more time on assessing what's going to happen and then he can re- he can react better and kind of just not and volume, right? He's giving up. He's giving up height and range and size a little bit. So being a smaller fighter, quote unquote, it requires you to put more volume on your opponent. And that's kind of what Izzy did to Derek Brunson. It's not like he is smaller in any like crazy matter, but it's just like. He outstruck him. That's how you win. It's fighting. You got to out touch them. So in Derek Brunson's case, Derek Brunson's on a fucking roll right now, where he's beaten all these youngsters like Kevin Holland, uh, Edmund Shabazian, uh, Ian Heinish, Martin Day. After getting knocked out by Israel, so he's gone from Martin Day to Ian Heinish, so just level and competition's been growing up, going up. He's moved to Sanford, and he went against Edmund Shabazian, and he showed the patience, less recklessness, controlled recklessness, like I, the controlled tenacity. He's a very good wrestler. He had to control when it was a time to be a good wrestler, and Edmund Shabazian was a, good, was a good example. He went out there. He was awkward. He hit him with strikes that looked like he was going for takedowns. He does that lunging left hand. Which being two southpaws in this fight is going to be very hard for him to pull off. Uh, the blast doubles aren't going to be the same way that they are on uh, on open stance fighters. The leg kicks are going to be there for Darren. 
and for Derek, what's going to be there are more single legs, but he's got to get real good at single to body lock, single to body lock, single to body lock trip, single to body lock disengage punch, single to body lock lift, single to body lock trip punch, you know, just variations, but always not staying on the single, maybe single lift body lock. Whatever. It can't, you can't single it. You're not going to, and even the single to double, you're wasting your fucking time. You're wasting your energy. You're just going to get stuffed. Or they're going to use the cage and they're going to just single body lock, single lift body lock, single dump body lock. Probably going to take the back on that one. Right? Use it. Chain wrestle the fuck out of it. And a taller fighter, single lift trip. But Derek's very good, or Darren's very good at that with catching the kick, lifting, and then just like running him forward. Same concept. Anyway, so Derek's got to be awkward. He's going to use the same sides, same side punch, same side kick. Keep it simple in that way. You know, Harry Henry Hooft. He's not going to stray from the stray from the uh, the kiss method. So maybe jab, switch kick. It's going to be very simple. He's going to just try to. Mix the level changing in to give those feints. He's going to try to get in on those broken rhythms. And then when the tenacity comes in, it's in the good spots. It's now when he's got his opponent on the ground and he's got good hand positioning. Once he gets good hand positioning, he rains good strikes down. I mean, fucking un- like unanswerable down the middle. One, two, posture three. Like he gets... Good strikes in, and those strikes build with devastation. And that's what you want to see with a ground and pound. Khabib's the same way, right? It goes small, small, posture big, posture big, standing over them punch, and then fake, pass the guard, move to a different dominant position, maybe even go to, I'm saying this is all from half guard or even regular guard, maybe go to full mount, and then a little bit of punching, control the position, control the position, punch, punch, punch. Big posture, punch, punch, and then submission or change position. So that's what you want to see. You want to see, like, calculated ground strikes. You want to see position over submission, but it can't be jujitsu. You can't be afraid of the, the space. If, you have, if there's no space in the chest, then overcompensate with, space, with cutting the space off between, the hips, between your two hips or the, your legs. Wrestle with legs, brother. Grapple with legs, brother. Exactly. Just like if there's space between the chest, fine. Then hips are hips to hips. Use your legs to tangle their legs up. And then punch them while you're doing it, right? So that's where Derek's been improving, especially against the cage. And then with Kevin Holland, he kind of just like took him down at will. And then peppered and then stood up. You know, he did good good ground and pound with Kevin Holland. Wasn't as devastating as the Edmund Shabazzian, but I think Edmund just doesn't do any jiu-jitsu. He comes from that fucking Glendale fart sports or whatever the fuck it is. Um, Glendale Fart Club. And then, so, in the end, I think this is where Darren Till goes, uh, enough of this losing, enough of this inconsistency. He's had the words of wisdom from Izzy or the words of encouragement from Izzy. Win a fight, mate. 
if he doesn't win this, it's not that it's over. He's young. He's 28. Only a year older than I am. <clears throat> but it's like now you got to start fighting Edmund Shabazians and you know I don't think he wants that. It just it. Then what you want Izzy to fight Derek Brunson again? Come on, come on, Darren Till, and he's the underdog. Come on. We already had that shit show this past weekend. Make make this world fucking right. Come on. Yeah, Jake Paul beats Tyron Woodley. How the fuck does that make any sense? And God damn it. God damn it, Darren Till, if that doesn't piss you off. You lost to Tyron Woodley, who just lost to Jake Paul. So MMA math, get your shit together, because you lost to Jake Paul. Obviously not. The boxing match different, different, different. Same, same, but different. But you know what I mean? Like, get it together, man. We have, we have a whole universe to correct, and that's MMA itself, as well as getting the, the right fights for the right time. Izzy versus Darren Till. It's so good. It's probably not the fight that he's going to get next, but, God damn it, it gives him that, like, you know. So, who do I have? Um, I'm hoping Darren Till by Vicious KO. I mean, knees, left hand, knees, elbow, KO. I'm going Darren Till. Put my money where where it is. I'm sorry, Derek Brunson. I know Wilmington. Fucking, you know. Wilmington, North Carolina represent. But this is more for the... For the sake of the MMA universe and for sake of good fucking fights, right? This is for the sake of just amazing fights again. Me being excited about this sport. It's just fucking boring right now. It's oversaturated. It's fights every weekend and everyone's the fucking same, dog. Everyone is the fucking same. Oh, yeah, Joe, I'd love to be on your podcast. Oh, yeah, anyone. I don't know. Whoever's... Give me the next top 15. Whoever's next, man. I just need to get in here. I'm broke. Oh, I'll be back. I'll be better. It's all the same shit. Everyone says the same things. Ugh. Make it right, man. Make it right. All this shit talking, all the all the cool personality thing Darren's got going on. If he loses this weekend and it's like the way Kevin Holland lost to Derek Brunson, which I do not think is gonna happen, but if that if it ends up like that, it's like fuck man. Do I go to trade school? Like I don't know. Anyway, once again. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. Um, I'm going Darren Till, underdog. That's my underdog pick. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. Uh, this is going to be the episode for the week. So enjoy. Uh, until next time, once again, SouthernScrapNation.com, SouthernScrapNation for the podcast and for everything else. I've been Daniel Jonas. Catch me on Instagram or wherever. Hope you guys enjoy it. Uh, congrats to Brian Battle one more time. He is the ultimate fighter. Thank you all again. Enjoy.